listening to Beyond the Beach, a Champ Camp podcast, the only show that brings high fives and good vibes directly to your ears. Prepare to laugh, smile, and maybe even cry a little as Champ Camp's real stories and life lessons take us beyond the beach. everybody out there how's it going all right well uh to everyone that can see us um thank you for being here uh autumn and jen and the whole imagination playground crew thank you guys as well for your willingness to uh jump in on this collaboration my name is trevor elder i founded champ camp in 2012 and we um we're a play-based kids organization that has beach camps and skateboard camps throughout Southern California, and we're here today to present Imagine That, this awesome collaboration that is going to function as our launch pad to talk about the power of play. Wonderful. And Trevor, thank you so much for reaching out to Imagination Playground. My name is Autumn Young, and I am the Director of Community Engagement for Imagination Playground, the big blue blocks. Um, We're super excited to come here and talk about our favorite thing, which is play. Awesome. Yeah, so I I think that uh, let's just dive right in. Um, And as we talked about in kind of coming together to prep for this whole uh, endeavor, uh, I think it's it's valuable to uh, kind of define what we're talking about before we really dive into the nitty gritty. So through the lens of Champ Camp, the way we think about play is uh, like a joy-seeking action where um, the means and the ends of the act are in unity within the, the action itself that the kids are, are participating in, or adults. And the, the main thing that I know we uh, have chatted about a lot is that it's, it's the process over the outcome. Absolutely. And Imagination Playground um, knows that play is the primary way through which children develop and learn. And it's an incredibly powerful and important experience. Um, children develop their thinking and their negotiation skills and all of that through play. And so, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. I'm going to step back and, you know, Trevor, you and I have talked about this process of learning a new platform is really right the play that we want to bring in. We want to give our children the chance to grow and learn and we're doing this right now (laughs) that's right thank you for your patience with me as i learn it um when children play they're often replicating real life and it's an opportunity for them to make sense of the world around them um through the through the experience of play right on yeah it it, totally and and we we we, we've used um we, we set up play environments uh try to at least at the beach at the skateboard park and after school programs. And a lot of the times uh, the blocks are, the big blue blocks and the small blue blocks are, are a big part of that. And um, what we find is that these environments are, you know, play in general is so important um, because it, it kind of reinforces for kids the power uh, and uh, the lesson of like being in, being present in the moment and enjoying what we're calling the process as opposed to looking forward to a reward down the future that, you know, at the future of things that thing that they are, are going to have to have to make. And like you said, the blocks kind of create this, this space where 
kids are all of a sudden negotiating with one another and um, problem solving together. And kind of uh, the coolest thing that we see is they do all that. They try to build a castle or a fort or, you know, a bridge and it inevitably collapses because uh, oftentimes we're making it on the sand, uh, which isn't the great, the greatest foundation. And those moments are places where they can pause and, you know, revisit their negotiation and kind of make a plan going forward as opposed to the structure falling being the end of the thing. And that play kind of environment and mindset is, is kind of what uh, encourages that from our perspective. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm so in agreement with you. And in my years of, of watching children play, um, the, the value, the importance of play, of, of making sense of that world. You, you know, you mentioned castle building and fort building. I've been all over the country, playing all over the country, and kids, no matter where they're from, they play hot lava and they build a fort. So language of play is really hard. Um, one of my favorite experiences with, you know, how children take life and imitate it through play was this young builder um, built a drive through And, you know, as I, as I talk to children about play, I often talk about, tell me about this feature. And I said, hmm, tell me about your structure. And so he said, well, this is a drive-through. And then he proceeded to share with me um, what was the toilet and what was the security camera system. So for <laughs> his world that he was making sense of is you need a, a toilet and a security camera system if you have the drive-through. And I love that watching those wheels turn and, and that importance of, of um, bringing children together and um, helping them learn those social interactions. We talk about the four C's of, um, of the 21st century skills, which are communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity. And those things, children, are, are all the important parts of play are happening. Those, in, those development skills that a child will need for the rest of their life are happening during play. Um, and that doesn't matter if you are, you know, in school now or in school later, all of those things are going to come into your, um, into your uh, realm of what you're going to need to do to, to engage with other people. And so that brings to child-directed play. And what's the right. value of child-directed play? Um, and so if you want to talk a little bit about how sure. she looks at child-directed play, and then we'll talk a little bit about ours as well. Yeah, right on. So, so we look at child-directed play. I think that all of these benefits that we're talking about with play in general uh, are uh, are really not quite as possible without the child-directed part of that. And so the way we explain our camps to uh, interested parents, our beach camps particularly, is that we allow the kid, uh, we give the kids the ability to paint their day, right? So we give them a bunch of options. Uh, oftentimes the blocks are uh, incorporated in those options. And then we let them pick and choose and decide um, they want to do A for a little bit and then move, meander over to B and play there and maybe go back. And um, we've uh, we, with, with no worry of like perfection or performance involved, it's the process, right? And so what we found is that by, um, you know, getting out of the way, of getting out of the kids' way and letting them do what they already are, are masters at and many times we as adults have sometimes for, seem to forgotten that kind of setting that up and then letting them carry the torch and guide the day you know so that's kind of how we look at it yeah when, when you first shared the paint the day with me I just think that's such a powerful um visual for all of us 
And, you know, at Imagination Playground, we, you know, very much look at, we're a loose parts play. And so thinking about child-directed play, you often think about, okay, what's the contrast to child-directed play? So things like organized sports, board games, things that have an expected outcome, which are super valuable. Uh, you know, all of those learning rules and how to play within a team and, and how to um, follow a, a, a path are super important. But, you know, the child-directed play, that loose parts play, has an incredible amount of value to it. And um, so we focus a lot on the process. And so instead of the, the product, when we talk about product, like winning a game is a product. Um, child-directed play, uh, loose parts play is about the process. So what does that mean for us as we engage um, with children in child-directed play experience? And loose parts play specifically, like blocks that you employ, both the big and the smalls, and probably a lot of the other things that you do, um, it allows you to manipulate your world and you're learning things like math and logic. You're learning creativity and imagination. You're working on those social skills of collaboration, communication, critical thinking and problem solving. And, and you mentioned, you know, failure. And I, I hope that we get to a point where failure is celebrated. Um, but one of the things, you know, that child-directed play relies a little bit on us as adults is how do we support child-directed play? How do we engage with those open-ended prompts? Um, and, you know, what's the language around that? You and I have talked a lot about how language has, um, has an opportunity to influence the outcome because children want to give us the right answer. And so how do we inform, how do we participate so that we give them the opportunity to know that their answer is the right answer? Yeah, right on. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, kind of jumping on, on your coattails in terms of uh, what it looks like to be an adult and uh, kind of curate these environments that we are aiming to to curate. Um, we, uh, the way we approach it at Champ Camp is, you know, uh, light and uh, light direction and observation, essentially kind of, um, kind of helping that, helping guide the, setting up, a, you know, safety and, 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 a, and a safe environment, obviously. Um, and then uh, helping them towards kind negotiation and, and collaboration and, and um, just kind of, like I said, sitting back and letting them uh, ca carry the day and pick their play. And, and what we also find in being that uh, in that observer uh, role is that when kids are, it, it gives kids almost the, uh, the opportunity to automatically buy in a little bit more because they're, exercising their agency to, you know, make happen whatever it is they can imagine up uh, to happen. And, you know, as adults also, um, and something we try to foster in all of our, our camp counselors um, from, from day one is just this approaching play, uh, approaching the day with a playful mindset um, because it's, it's, it's paramount uh, um, to, convey to the, our kids that um, when they see an adult kind of take that hat off, that, that directing hat off and, and, and kind of get into an activity, um, it just kind of gives them even more freedom um, to take it and run with it and feel comfortable to like, you know, just pretty much get 
get lost in play. And so that's that's kind of how we approach the our our role as adults in, in trying to kind of foster that environment. That's that's so powerful. And you know, I love the the term agency. That's and and certainly one that Imagine Playground um, employs and when we talk about it. And um, you know, in my experience with going out to all these different museums and settings that have the blocks, um, I've learned so much from children <laughs> about how to them engage in play and um one of them early on was learning about open-ended prompts and you know we talk about what is open what does an open-ended question sound like and we we talk about it um but then when you see it in play it makes a lot of sense so i'll just give you a couple of examples that i love that have informed my um engagement in play um so often when we go into a, a play experience when we're inviting children into play we say something like, oh, what are you going to make? Or what are you going to build? Or what are you going to draw? And I learned from these two builders how those questions are actually outcome-based questions. Um, the first builder, I said, oh, what are you going to make? And the builder said, it's a surprise. <laughs> like, oh, of course, because you want to give me the right answer. So you know that you need to give me an answer, but you're coming into play. You haven't decided what you're going to do yet. And that's really, really valuable. Um, so I learned maybe a question I can ask is how are you going to get started? Or what do you see that's interesting? Do you see somebody working on something that interests you? Um, and then the other builder, which was one of my favorites was, uh, the, the builder called me over to see their steamboat and we were in Los Angeles, probably <laughs> in Los Angeles. And I said, wow, how did you know to build a steamboat? And the builder said, well, I didn't know it was going to be a steamboat until I built it and I stepped back and looked at it and it looked like a steamboat. And I thought, huh, what I want as an adult in the, in the environment of play is to allow those surprises to happen and those boats to emerge. And so what's the language that I can focus on and, and learn a new, almost a new set of, of tools to invite that kind of play. And so when we talk about adult roles in play, um, we talk about kind of four things. So observation, as, as you mentioned, you know, watching a child in play, they're going to give you the cues that you need to, to engage. Um, modestly animating or demonstrating. You know, as adults, we all want to support our children in their learning and the children around us. And so how do we help them without explicitly telling them to do? Um, and promoting that fair and caring environment, I think you you talked a lot about that. That's a really a champ camp value about how do you promote that engagement that supports those collaboration and communication skills. And then maintaining safety. Um, and we have some fun ways that we talk about that. Um, and I thought if, if this is the right time to talk about it, I'd go into a little bit more about observation, but I wanted to give you a chance to jump in if you, if you had that, um, some thoughts on that. <clears throat> Yeah. So, uh, what this, I think that this, this kind of aspect of play is easily overlooked by adults and, but yet so critical because all of these benefits of play that we've mentioned and, and, you know, many that we don't have the time today to even touch on yeah. are, there's so much there for kids to, uh, use to thrive in the moment and then, and beyond. And as they're, as they develop into, uh, grown-ups so to speak um but it's so nuanced in that we it's easy for uh, for us to not think about it but 
our language and how we communicate and interact and show up to the kids is paramount in helping encourage or uh, like curate the uh, environment for them to uh, kind of see that and um, start to, uh, you know, get into a play, uh, a play activity. So like your example is, is incredible with, uh, with the kids saying it's a surprise because without even thinking it's, it's very easy to, you know, put the blocks out on the ground and say, okay, today we're building a steamboat. But had you said that probably the, the, the outcome would have been different because what does a steamboat even mean? What does it look like? We're in Los Angeles, you know? So I just think it's, <laughs> it's such an important part of this, uh, of this, you know, conversation and a jumping jump off piece for teachers and parents and uh, you know, anybody working with kids to, to kind of take a moment and maybe that, you know, dig in a little bit to figure out how we can best uh, use our words uh, to help foster play in our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, so, so some of the things that we like to do when I, when I go out is really give some practical ideas to, to adults when they're in a play environment. What are you looking for? When you're observing, what are you actually looking for? So um, you are looking for the learning, right? So you're looking, okay, what, what can I see about this child in front of me? What can I see that they're doing? So thinking about that they're learning, they're working on math and logic. So you might see, oh, there's an opportunity for me to engage in math and logic thinking. Um, so if I see a child that's putting all of the square blocks in one place, they're actually classifying. That's a math and logic activity. So it's a scientific activity. They're classifying the blocks by like shape. So I might support that by saying, oh, wow, I see that you collected all the blocks that are square. Are there blocks that, um, uh, that they also have a hole in them? Are there other blocks that have a hole in them? So we can guide their conversation, their, their thought about classifying. But first, we have to notice that they're doing it. Uh, so creativity and imagination. Celebrate that a child is doing something incredible. Um, yeah. I'm sure we've all had that experience where somebody's a child's painting a picture. And you're like, Oh, what a great house. And they're like, that's not a house. Such <laughs> yeah. and such. And, and so I've really had to step back on my language and go, okay, I'm not going to attribute any of my value to what that structure is. I'm going to ask the builder because they are the expert. They, right. they get in their mind. Um, and, and one experience I had these little, these young builders, they were probably about four years old and there was three or four of them and they were building this structure and it had these elaborate things coming off of it. And I went, you know, I thought maybe it was a castle, but I didn't <laughs> because castles are very common, but I didn't want to say that. I said, wow, this structure is really cool. Can you tell me about it? And one of the builders said, well, this is a, a satellite space station school and each one of these things goes to a different planet. Okay, right. <laughs> I, I could never have have attributed that, and so I wouldn't want to embarrass myself uh, by by um, putting my layering my thinking onto that. So sure. again, value that creativity and imagination, and ask a child what is going on in their mind because they've got a clear story that's really exciting when you ask for it. Totally. The the communication and collaboration, I think, is. And you may know, you may see this with the blocks. We see it and, and it happens in every kind of play environment. Um, sometimes communication, collaboration, social, emotional development looks like arguing, like upset, 
Um, and so how do you support that? What are some practical things you can do? And again, I learned this from parents and kids. Um, there is no doubt that things happen, things fall, there's frustration. So recognizing, oh, that's frustrating. You know, that's okay. Right. Um, but also giving the child the opportunity to then come out of it with the next step. So if it's a personal goal that falls down, gosh, that's really frustrating. Let's talk about what happened and see if there's different ways that we can approach it. Um, did you see what happened? Did What do you think happened? So asking them what they think happened. But about another child, that's, you know, that negotiation, that agency um, for themselves. We're the adults. We're authority. I could go up to another child and say, hey, please don't do that to this other child. And that child will probably listen to me because I'm the adult. I'm the authority. But if we want our children to develop the skills, we have to give them the opportunity to practice them. So which means my language, I think about it and I think, okay, how do I support this builder, this child having agency for themselves in this situation? And I heard a parent um, or an adult in, a, in an environment and she said something which I use all the time now. Builder came up and said, so-and-so knocked over my structure. The, the adult said, well, that's really disappointing. What would you like to say to that builder? So putting that, giving language back to the child, the child said, I would like to say that made me mad. The adult said, would you like me to walk over with you while you say that? So at, at that point, it gives the, the child the, the um, power, the support, and the language to be able to have agency for themselves. Right, and then take that next time uh, that happens and maybe an adult isn't around on a, on a you know, schoolyard or whatever and think back and kind of ad-lib and feel confident in being able to do that. Yeah, I mean, right. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's really, really powerful, but it takes practice on our parts. Um, the other thing that's, you know, when we're, when we're looking for, when we're observing, when we're looking for the learning, um, critical thinking and problem solving often can look like a problem. It can look like a failure. And it goes back to that, you know, how do we learn how to celebrate um, failure? Um, but it's that, it's that persistence that's so valuable. And Trevor, you and I joked um, that I have my, my favorite WD-40. Right. Um, so persistence. We want, again, the way to build critical thinking problem solving is to practice. And so how do we build persistence in, in these young people? Um, so WD-40. Anybody heard of WD-40? It's a spray-on thing that makes your doors not squeak. Um, <laughs> WD stands for water displacement. And the 40 is the number of times it took the scientist to get the formula right. So I use that with kids because they say, well, it took a scientist who had a lot of school and was really smart, but it still took him 40 tries to get wow. that. So how are we helping build that persistence and that um, let's iterate and try it again until we get to where we need to be. When you and I started this, I didn't get Facebook up and I was <laughs> right. it's our WD one. <laughs> We're going to get to WD three. Right, right. We got 38 yeah. to go or something. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And I just keep thinking of like everything you're saying is, is right on it. And, and, um, as, as adults, we have the, the, the power to prime, the interaction and uh the play session so to speak and so like like for instance us chatting like you're saying before this this facebook like if we if we enter it as like 
if something goes wrong, that's the end. Like it's, that's really bad. Uh, it's lots of pressure. And then if we hit a glitch, then it's a complete failure. But if we go into it, like, you know, we're learning and we're trying to figure this out together. And if something goes wrong, then we'll know for next time how to adjust and, and have it not happen again. So there's no, there's no possible negative thing that can happen if we're always looking for chances, opportunities to learn when we <laughs> come up against speed bumps. And that translates into how we interact with the kids. If we're going to build a structure, you know, we, we're, you know, this acknowledging that the sand is, is, uh, is not as hard as a cement. So the blocks are a little wobbly and sometimes the wind kicks up and knocks them over, but then cool, we get to build something else or try a different formation. And then trying uh, trying to just switch the perspective from end all be all have to get to a perfect outcome to that perfection doesn't exist. And we're here to kind of work together. And then when the universe throws us opportunities to learn, we adjust and keep moving. And that's, and the, the blocks are like a uh, hyperspeed catalyst for that process to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what, what powerful um, modeling that is for our young people, right? So they, they are learning from our, not just our words, but they're learning from how we manage situations. So they're learning for, from how you manage with your staff. They're learning how I interact with other people when I'm around. And so that modeling, that animating, that demonstrating is um, really powerful. It doesn't have to always be uh, explicitly told to them. It's how we behave around them. And so I think that's really, really a powerful. Um, and that's why, you know, uh, organizations like Champ Camp and why we were so excited about this conversation because totally. you set around play just so um, mirrors our uh, imagination playgrounds value set and all, and so many of our partners with our libraries and our schools and our museums are, are working in the same environment. And so we are just sure. honored and proud to be your partner. Um, I thought I would talk briefly about um, reasonable risk-taking because that's a safety piece. And then I know we should probably wrap up um, our conversation. Um, But we, we talk about health and safety. Um, You know, that's a part of our role as an adult. And as we're observing as adults, we're looking for those opportunities where um, children might be needing to make a decision about where, what their next move is. And, and um, I always, I, I found an article a while back called um, Alternatives to Be Careful. When you want to say be careful, <laughs> which uh, science has actually, or surveys have shown that the term be careful really means nothing to a child. They don't really know. It's not instructive. And so how do we um, use that same opportunity to give them some language around decision making in a safety environment? So um, helping them understand that if they're balancing on something that they have a decision to make about what they do next. Um, if they are, um, and that, so they're in a decision-making moment, they, they have to think about what their next move is and that they have support. So for example, a child is running with a stick. We might ask that child, we, we want to say, be careful. Something's, you know, there's kids around you. We might say, there's not enough room to swing that stick without hitting somebody. Can you find another place to do it? Or, or if we need the stick swinging to stop, I know we have a rule that sticks have to always have one end on the ground. Can you think of something you might do with that stick with one end on the ground? So we're giving them some ideas. We're not halting the 
the action. We're not saying they can't do it, but we're giving them some ideas about how to do it in a way that respects the space that we're in. Um, the balancing and climbing. Wow, it looks like you're really high up there. Um, I'm going to stand next to you. So in case you need my help or well, it looks like you're balancing, do you know where you're going to put your foot next? Um, so that we get our kids to understand, I have the risk consequence connection. I have some decisions to make and, um, and I have support if I need it. I, early on, I used to use the example, you know, we've got to have good decision makers because they're going to drive a car one day and they're going to have to make a lot of decisions. <laughs> right. And then I realized this generation of kids may not drive a car. <laughs> they may be in self-driving cars. <laughs> so right. we'll take example, a i got to come up with a new example. But that <laughs> idea of, of, of that risk and safety are actually important um, development uh, moments uh, because uh, research has also shown that kids, if they're not taking risk when they're younger and not developing that risk consequence behavior, that when it's risk, when it's development appropriate, like in their teens, they're taking different kinds of risks they, that they may have not taken if they had built in that risk consequence. Um, yeah, right on. Well, and yeah, I mean, all that, uh, and I think all, all, of, all of these, this, this priming and uh, you know, uh, risk management and everything we're talking about, I think, just speaks back to uh, giving kids uh, the tools that they um, need to develop and to grow as they mature into uh, adults, you know, teens and adults and beyond. And, um, you know, the blocks um, are, are just like one huge um, way to do that, to create environments where, where they get to they get to uh, test their own limits and uh, really kind of hone in on those skills. And so and that's just kind of what all play comes back to is us as adults trying to think of how can we best foster that in our kids. And um, yeah, I, I want to just thank you, Autumn and Jen and the whole Imagination Playground crew for uh, uh, responding to our, uh, our reach out and being willing to hop on this and try out something new and, and learn um, and grow ourselves a little bit. Um, we we were lucky enough to stumble up upon the the big blue blocks in like 2015, and they've been uh, you know a huge part of us and everything we do our curriculum ever since. And um, we in, in kind of just thinking as we're all uh, cooped up at home right now, um, we just really thought this was a great time to to try to uh, partner with like-minded businesses and, and kind of get this conversation starting because given the quarantine, there's never been a better time uh, or more important time to recognize and take advantage of the benefits of play, um, including making the best of our environments and resilience and persistence that um, play, you know, creative play yields. Um, and really just using play as a mindset because while we might not be able to go to the park with our kids, or have access to big blue blocks right now. We're there's there's opportunities for play while we're quarantined in our living room, and um, that goes for kids obviously, but that goes for us adults too. So just kind of approaching our days with that mindset to grow and and come out of this bigger and stronger, and, um, more capable to uh, you know exist in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just we're just so honored to be part of this, Trevor, and and how how lucky your community is to have the programs that you have. Um, you're building some 
really strong character opportunities for the youth in your in your programs. Um, we have for that. great resources. Champion, I think you have some great resources. We'll share them on this post. Um, I don't think we have any questions, um, but we here is there other topics that you guys want to talk about? Are there things we mentioned that you want to hear more about? Because we talked for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> we did. I, Which is, I could talk about play all day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we hope that um, anybody listening gets the opportunity to um, to share with us some things that are important to them that we can get more information about and, and get you some of the resources that would help you and stay safe, stay strong. Um, remember that sorting and classifying is an important math and logic skill that includes laundry and putting away the groceries. <laughs> they there can you all go. <laughs> Two birds. An opportunity for play. <laughs> Right. Great day. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Trevor. Thank you, everybody. Stay yeah. safe. All right. Bye. Bye-bye, Adam. You've been listening to Beyond the Beach, a Champ Camp podcast. High fives and good vibes. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find our website at champcampkids.com and on social media at champcampkids. Till next time, keep the high fives and good vibes. This is Beyond the Beach, signing off.